0: Good morning and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, to read through the bible in a year and we have made our way really kind of to the midpoint of the book of revelation and today we're going to be looking at chapters 12 and 13. Uh, i I will remind you as uh, uh, you read today and as uh, you have been reading uh, through this uh, very very difficult uh, book of the bible and uh, there are certainly uh, countless uh, interpretations and explanations for uh, all that we see uh, in the book of Revelation. It, it is admittedly, at least to me, a very difficult book, uh, part of it. Uh, is related to the fact uh, that it is an apocalyptic, and uh, therefore it's concerned with uh, uh, visions and symbols and signs, and uh, uh, just some some very strange phenomenons in there. And uh, we are faced the challenge of uh, interpreting them uh, correctly. Couple that with uh, the, uh, the disagreement as to actually when uh, the uh, letter was written, and that's usually tied to what the letter is referring to. Uh, if it was written uh, in the 60s AD, that would be prior to the uh, destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the temple, uh, then uh, there's a, a greater argument that it's simply concerned with that which occurred in Jerusalem in 70 AD. Uh, if it was written in the 90s, Uh, as uh, is probably, at least from my experience, the more popular uh, understanding, uh, then you're looking at something that describes events uh, uh, that were future to to John and, and even future uh, to us and then uh... uh does it describe uh, events in the distant future from john's perspective in other words even future to us uh... does it say something about cycles of evil and the way it repeats itself over and over over the course of history so difficult challenges what i have tried to do is, uh... certainly zero in on portions that i think uh... transcend all of the different ways that uh, the book uh... Has been interpreted. Uh, I uh, uh, remain uh, convinced as a, uh, a post uh, uh, or pre-millennialist. I'm sorry, I almost got my terms confused there. Uh, but uh, a premillennialist, and uh, that gives a way to a certain way of understanding uh, the book. But in you know not necessarily so. Uh, but also that I believe it describes view uh, events that uh, are yet to occur and so uh, good and godly people disagree uh, but i hope i can say some things that uh, are accurate and, and relevant uh to those of us that are reading through the bible and doing these uh chapters devotionally so uh chapter 12 uh, again uh, very strange uh, signs and uh, so forth described uh, certainly the, the one thing I think you can drive uh, uh, a stake in is there at verse 5 it describes uh, the, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, he is the one who will rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Uh, some of the other signs and symbols, uh, I'm a little bit of, unclear of, and I, I won't even attempt to uh, survey all the ways that they have been understood. But uh, certainly uh, with the birth, uh, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus christ uh, there's great conflict both on earth uh, and uh, in the unseen uh, heavenly realms and so that's uh, much of what's concerned there and then verse 13 uh, turns its attention uh, to the the notorious uh, uh, beast of uh, revelation 13 the the beast with ten horns and seven Heads. It seems similar to uh, the beast that uh, Daniel speaks of in Daniel 7:8. Whether they're to be understood to be identical is again a matter of uh, debate. Uh, but certainly, uh, it describes uh, one whose uh, whole career and whole character is described as uh, inordinately evil. And I would even uh, put forward that this is uh, uh, this description, the definition. Of the Antichrist. Now, to be sure, uh, John, the author of this very letter, can speak of the Antichrist as one who was uh, present and active in his day. And I would say that uh, the Antichrist, uh, in terms of a spirit, uh, has been at work throughout the whole history of the world uh, and uh, has been, in, in some sense, I, I, I'll use the term very advisedly, uh, in incarnate. Uh, in a number of, of figures, both uh, uh, kind of on the small scale and on the larger world scale. And I do believe that there will be a final and ultimate uh, Antichrist that will appear on uh, the scene. So with that being said, let's, let's read these verses in chapter 13, verses uh, 1 through 10. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on his horns and blasphemous names on its head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Uh, If anyone is to be taken, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here it is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. And then the final verse of chapter 13 deals with this uh, business of the number associated with the beast, which is uh, this 666. And so we see described here, The very personification, the incarnation of evil, even the incarnation of uh, Satan uh, himself. He is one who stands in opposition uh, to God. He blasphemes God. He tries to mimic and duplicate uh, some of the uh, activities of God. And he is going to uh, uh, have tremendous influence and gain uh, great following, uh, there are many that will align themselves with him. He seems to be an irresistible uh, force in the world, so much uh, that in verse 8, because authority had been given over to him, uh, that uh, all who dwell within or uh, on earth will worship it, will worship this beast, this incarnation of evil. And uh, the only exception would be those who are described as those whose uh, name uh, has been written in the, uh, in the book of life, or the Lamb's book of life, referred to and translated as a number of different ways. And so uh, the only escape for the great evil, the great evil one, uh, that on any understanding is still the roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is active in the world now. He has been active uh, since the Garden of Eden. He will be active until we see Jesus return. And he is one who will both uh, uh, seduce and destroy uh, all who do not come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, All of those whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the world was ever created will find themselves aligned with the evil one and will find them under uh, God's judgment uh, forever. And so we are reminded uh, that evil will be present with us until the end and that God's people have always been and will always be called to endurance, or perseverance, or simply faithfulness uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ, no matter the spectrum or the specter of evil uh, that is manifest among us. And so while a, a difficult devotion for today, uh, a devotion uh, that reminds us again uh, that God calls us to faithfulness uh, no matter the circumstances. I pray that this is a blessing to your day and look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.